the African Cup of Nations is upon us. So Jack and I have looked at the stats, read a bunch of analysis from reporters. And it is January 5th, which means it is our one year anniversary of doing this podcast. So uh, it's not going out on January 5th, but we're recording it on that day. Yes. yes. So uh, happy birthday to the podcast, I guess. Uh, that's pretty cool that we've been doing this for one year. So we're excited to uh, to talk about a very exciting topic for our anniversary episode, which is AFCON. Just previewing AFCON, talking about the teams and everything and what it's like. But before we get into that, my name is Jack Seabersod. I'm a Chelsea fan, went great today, Minnesota United fan. We got a new signing, Atlanta fan. They play tomorrow and a fan of the U.S. and French national teams. And I'm joined here with AJ Tabura. Yeah, I'm AJ. I'm the other co-host. It's great to be here for a a, a year straight. Really happy with how the podcast has grown, the people we've met, the conversations we've had. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We have a lot coming uh, in the conveyor belt in the weeks coming up. So really excited to see how this podcast grows even more from here on out. And yes, like Jack said, we're going to be talking about AFCON uh, I guess I should say I'm a fan of Minnesota United, West Ham United, and the U.S. national teams. Uh, we're going to talk about you know some of these teams, Chelsea and West Ham, but not necessarily what they did, but the players that they're going to be without for the next month, because we are talking about the African Cup of Nations, which is the biennial uh, championship tournament for Africa to see who's the who's the best international team uh, in the, in the continent of Africa. It's going to be coming up here, so it's going to cut right through the European season. And we're going to be previewing this tournament, going group by group, team by team, to see what their key players are, their strengths, their weaknesses, and as Jack alluded to, some more about uh, the tournaments, like who is going to be the contenders, the Dark Horse team, probably the most disappointing team, as well as uh, the Golden Boot winner that we think uh, will be crowned at the end of the tournament. Uh, Jack, however, how are you doing? Like, who, who, who's your main pick if you had to choose for this tournament? If you, if you had to, if you had to choose a winner, if I had to choose a winner, yeah. uh, but that would spoil the the ending of this episode where we actually talk about the winner. But uh, who I would want to win? Yeah, yeah that's what I meant. Yeah. Okay, good, good. Uh, well, listeners, you can't see it, but in our Zoom call here, uh, my name is Senegal for the win because that's <laughs> who I want to win. Uh, Senegal has a ton of great players including the only Chelsea player in AFCON. So, of course, I've got to support it. So, For me personally, uh, I guess I have to cheer for Algeria. Ben Rama from West Ham plays for them. But I alluded to this in the, one of the past episodes. I am kind of, I'm kind of cheering for the Gambia because they're just a, a tiny nation. And I, I, it's their first time in AFCON, so I think it's going to be pretty exciting to see that. But... Yeah, let, let, let's get into it, and maybe we'll talk about uh, some of those teams, the Gambia winning it all. Who knows? Who knows? No, but let's start off with the first group, going group by group here. I'll take control of this one. It's Group A. It's got Cameroon, Burkina Faso, Cape Verde, and Ethiopia. Pretty exciting group, including the host, Cameroon. So a little bit about uh, Cameroon first off. Uh, Cameroon is hosting AFCON, hoping to win it for the sixth time. Last time they won it was 2017, so not that long ago, and they'll hope to avenge their round of 16 exit from last time around in 2019. 
They haven't actually hosted it since 1972, and even through a civil war, I believe a cholera outbreak, and obviously COVID, the tournament is still continuing on to the chagrin of a lot of people that might be thinking logically, but still, I guess the show does have to go on. Cameroon is still hosting some key players, and I should uh, preempt all of this from both Jack and I saying that we're going to try our best to pronounce all uh, all players as best as we can, and we apologize thoroughly if we mess up uh, some of them. So some key players that I think is important to look out for if you are going to be watching a Cameroon game. They're number eight, Anguissa from Napoli. Their goalkeeper, Andre Onana, Ajax, who, as many people know, was suspended for a large part of the year and last year for a doping scandal. Defender Nuhu from Seattle, not exactly a key player, but, you know, a lot of MLS fans like him. And as American fans know him, you know, he's pretty popular. So it's cool to see that he get a, a rollout in Cameroon. And then forwards, Tropa Moting from Bayern Munich. And forwards, Ikambi uh, from Lyon, as well as number 10, Vinted uh, Abubakar from Al Nassar. When I look at this Cameroon team, I look at the strengths and I see that it's a great attack attacking talent and Guisa in the middle with Ikambi Chopomoting up front that is a great core of attack number 10s or other options like uh Gameli uh, Nji makes this attack potent and this really helped them win group D in the CAF qualifiers over the Ivory Coast so they have the momentum they have the talent but when you look at weaknesses for this Cameroon team I kind of cringe when I look at the defense I don't think there's a lot of game changers there Oyango from Montpellier, Five from Standard Liege are bringing experience, but nothing really quells that fear in my heart. And not to mention their best goalkeeper was suspended for months. I'm sure that he's going to probably be the number one. Whether or not he still has what it takes after such a, a long time away from the sport, I guess we'll see. There's also a, a pretty big weakness, which is the weight of hosting a tournament can be pretty heavy at times, especially with everything going on off the field, hard to deal with, and hopefully they have the ment mental fortitude to go past that. The second team I want to talk about is Burkina Faso. Burkina Faso's best finish was runners-up in 2013, losing to Nigeria. They're decently rated at number 60 in FIFA's rankings. Key player, centre-back uh, Tapsoba from Leverkusen, attacking midfielder Bertrand Traore from Aston Villa, uh, 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 Tapsoba, again, I guess, forward, standard liege, uh, Bayala, winger from Ajaccio, and goalkeeper Coffey from uh, Charleroi. Strengths as a team, this is a super young team. Only four players are older than 30, with the average age being only 24.3 years, and they are very, very hungry because of that. They're even hungrier, knowing that they have to make up for missing out in the 2019 edition. I think that this youth and this exuberance from this youth is going to take them uh, pretty far in the tournament. They have the pace, obviously they have the health to go on, and that allows them to not necessarily have to rotate as much as possible uh, when you look at other teams that might be on the older side. That's what they have to do. Weaknesses, uh, lack of obvious talent in the midfield. There's good experience options in the defense in the front line, but notice how none of the key players I really read out are part of that midfield core. Third team is Cape Verde. Cape Verde narrowly missed out on the qualifying uh, for the next round of CAF World Cup qualifiers by just two points. Nigeria won Group C and uh, they came second. 
Yet, it's still impressive that Cape Verde, a group of islands with a population of only 483,628 people, has climbed the FIFA rankings, at one point being number 27, now finding themselves still at a respectable number 73. Key players, goalkeeper uh, Vosinha from AEL Limassol in Cyp Cyprus, center back Carlos Ponk from Istanbul, Istanbul, wow, uh, Basak Sahir, Midfielder uh, Jimmy Montero from Philadelphia Union, MLS player. Winger Ryan Mendes from Al Nassar and forward uh, Jalini, sure, uh, tr from Trab Zonaspor from Turkey. The strengths of this team this is a really well organized team. Their coach, uh, Bubista, is relatively new, but has created a system where a counter attacking football can make up for their lack of real star players. On the flip side, the weakness is, the main one, of course, is the lack of star players makes it hard when you're such a balanced, in such a balanced group, such as Group A. So they have a, a really, really an uphill battle in order to make up for their lack of talent. Um, you know, not lack of talent, but lack of real star talent. Last team I'll mention is Etho Ethiopia. Uh, fun fact, Wubetu Abate, their head coach, took over just at the end of 2020. Key players, Nasir only 21 year, years old, plays for a team with a pretty cool name, Ethiopian Coffee. And he's the top goal scorer in the Ethiopian League. He'll probably be leading them uh, to hopefully some glory in this tournament, along with their number 10, Hotessa from Adama City. The strengths, you know, they got the belief, right? They're underdogs, they have no pressure, so they can go on and play their game. Weaknesses, mostly a domestic squad. I don't know enough about Ethiopian domestic football to really talk about uh, their league, but, you know, probably good to have some uh, talent from uh, out, of, out of country, but still, you know, an upset still possible. Uh, another weakness is that they have a pretty new coach. My final standings for this group, I have the hosts, Cameroon. They're still a really, really good team, despite some of the challenges that they might face. I'm having them on top. Seconds, Oddly enough, I'm having Cape Verde. I think that their counterattacking football will actually uh, help them a lot, especially with these pretty str uh, strong teams like Burkina Faso and Cameroon. Third, I'll have Burkina Faso, still a really good team. And fourth, Ethiopia is a good team, but I'll have them last just on merit of all the other teams being really, really good. Jack, how do you see Group A playing out? Well, I have a pretty similar order to you. Uh... I've got Cameroon in first. I think they've got a lot of I, I think they're the most obviously stacked with talent in the group. Uh, obviously, all of these teams have talented players. But when you when you look at Cameroon's squad, their their squad just shines above the rest, I think, a little bit. Uh, I actually have Burkina Faso in second. Boo. I, I know. Yes. Yes. Cape Verde did well uh, in World Cup qualifying, but. I, I think Burkina Faso looks like a very solid team and they've got a lot of players who have quite a bit together. And I think that can help them quite a bit. Uh, That's true. Cape Verde. I do have them in third. Uh, I, I like I said, very solid team They're uh, They've got an experienced goalkeeper, uh, some experience in the midfield as well, and a ton of it up top as well. So that, you know, they, they've got they've got that balance all over. Uh, Ethiopia, I, I, I haven't last. I, I think that they're, that they're probably going to do okay, but I still feel like they're, they're going to get fourth in this group. This group is just so even that I, I feel like that 
that they're just gonna end up with the short stick in this one yeah one might say that ethiopia is the hungry of afcon right now uh but this is in the group of death i think i think they're in a bit bit of a better position they, that all right but yeah they're 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 looking like uh like they could fit that bill just uh, out of curiosity what do you think is the group of death out of these groups Ooh, uh hold on i made a note of that <laughs> i think that the biggest one is probably i think group uh, e is is a bit tough i sure. uh, i mean group c as well is, is quite an interesting one i i don't know most of the most of there's not really an, a super obvious group of death to me i i guess in this one like there there's a lot of balance i think in some of these groups which is kind of nice to see you know yeah just a you know an obvious strong team and then maybe a one or two teams that could fight for that second place and then maybe a team that doesn't really have a chance i don't know yeah. if it doesn't have a chance yeah but doesn't have uh, a that's chance. a bit harsh but <laughs> yeah but also true so yeah. um yeah i'll right. take us to group b where maybe that template fits for this group as well yes so let's start with far and away the favorite of the group i i, I would say but before i do that let me go into the teams in Group B, we have Senegal, Zimbabwe, Guinea, and Malawi, which are all, uh, which are all uh, I, I think all all solid teams with some with some talent in there. But starting with, like I said, far and away the favorite of this group. Every one of their players is playing in a European league, and that that's not to say that it, that that's a necessity, but you know there 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 is a noticeable uptick in quality. I, I'd say or a. Uh, uh, from game to game, I think, in, in those leagues. And you've got a ton of big names in there. You know, Napoli's Kaladu Koulibaly, PSG's Idrissa Gay, uh, Leicester's Nampolis Mendy, Watford's Ishmael Asar, if he's fit, as, as of course. Uh, and of course, the, the big two up front, Liverpool's Sadio Mane and Chelsea's Edward Mendy in goal. Uh, and I also want to highlight, they've got a bunch of young talent in here too. One, one player that definitely deserves a shout out is uh, Metz's Pape Montar Sar, who I probably butchered that name, but uh, <laughs> he is a fantastic young player who is uh, on loan at Metz from Tottenham this season. But he, he's done very, very well. He's a young star, can control the midfield pretty well, only 19, definitely has a lot of promise, and hopefully will get some time playing in this tournament. Uh, there's just so many exciting players in the squad who can make a difference. Uh, of course, that transfers into one of their strengths they have a lot of game changers who can uh make things happen for their team so i i think that definitely helps them out quite a bit uh of course one of the downfalls you could say or potential weaknesses of teams like of teams like this these super teams almost uh is that you know uh sometimes with so many big names in a squad you can Get a little bit uh, of you can get a little bit wrong in there and uh, get just a little bit mixed up in things. Too many egos can hurt a team sometimes, but I, I, I still think this is a great squad. I'm really excited to see what they can do. And they were runners up last season, so we'll see if they can take it a step further this time around. And up next, uh, I'm going to go to towards South Africa and go to Zimbabwe. And they're a fairly decent looking team. They may not have the star power of Senegal, but they've definitely got a solid squad with great players nonetheless. 
The star of this team is definitely Leon's Tino Cataware. He hasn't been uh, lighting up league on to the same extent as last season, but he has quality and can be a game changer. He, I believe he had uh, 10 goals last season. Uh, re- really, really good player. Uh, can play on either flank, either wing, uh, probably where a lot of their goals are going to come from. They've also got young defender Jordan Zamira of AFC Bournemouth. He's been a very solid left back for uh, for Bournemouth this season. He's chipped in three goals, created 10 chances in 18 games for them. Uh, should be a, a solid option and provide so, uh, some some support from the left hand side. And MLS fans might be interested to watch Houston Dynamo player Teenage Hadebe, who was a solid addition to Houston for the second half of the past season. They also have two decent players in uh, David Moyo and Admiral Musque, uh, Musque, I don't know, sure. <laughs> who, who play for Hamilton in the SPFL and Luton in the EFL championship, respectively. I think they'll do decently, but I'm not quite sure if the, they'll finish in the top two. I listed out a bunch of a, a bunch of players who have a lot of quality. But beyond that, there's a lot of domestic players still in the squad. And I, I, I think that I think they'll still do fine. I, I like I said, though, they don't have the same star power as some other teams do. And moving on down to or actually in terms of Africa, Africa as a continent, moving on up to Guinea, <laughs> uh, they've got a solid squad with a lot of strong players, especially in the midfield. You've got Nabi Keita, uh, who made his return in, uh, in club football right before this. So that's good for Guinea. Uh, yeah, uh, you've got Diawara from Roma, who has been who's been a pretty fantastic midfielder. And Elax Moriba, who's a young midfielder who was at Barcelona, now at RB Leipzig. Uh, that should help Guinea hold down the midfield against some true stars uh, that uh, up against Senegal and and, uh, you know, Good names in defense. Their most capped player in the squad is Siaga Siala, who yeah, plays for yeah. Toulouse. And plus they have uh, Mohamed Ali Kamara from BSC Young Boys, who is very good in the UCL this past season. Uh, and the big question for this team is where the main source, because it doesn't look as likely that they're coming from up front. Do they, do they have good players? Yes. But at the same time, they're definitely not in the front. Their top goal scorer in uh, in the squad is Seduba Suma, who has nine goals in 36 games for the country. But he has nearly been invisible in the Serbian league this season. He's registered one assist in like 12 games. Uh, not great if you're playing up top. Right. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see where the goals come from. Sure, they've got uh, they've got good players. That's that would be my my main concern for Guinea. Uh, and then we're actually, we're actually moving back down to the South with Malawi, which is, uh, you know, uh, this, this, if I'm being completely honest, uh, this Malawi team doesn't make me feel overly excited. No offense, uh, to any, uh, listeners from Malawi, but they're a relatively small country, which makes sense why most of their team is made up of domestic players. Although, you know, most of them are from South Africa uh, as well, which makes sense because Malawi is a very thin country that borders South Africa. They yeah, only have two. Is. Yeah, they only have two players from outside Africa. One of which is midfielder Charles Petro of Sheriff Tiraspol, and that oh, that wow. sounds expi- exciting. Uh, he he has some talent, but he only played 19 minutes in the UCL. But he scored two goals in three 31 appearances for them since 2020. So that's uh, that that's a that's a decent player. 
You've also got Francisco Medinga, who plays for Georgian team Dilagori. Those are their two players outside of Africa. Uh, he's scored four goals in 35 appearances since 2020. They're both really young players who have some promise. Um, but honestly, the rest of the teams in this group just seem more complete that, uh, compared to Malawi. So I, I feel like they're going to finish last in the group. Uh, but my overall ranking is in first place, uh, not really surprised, Senegal. Second place, I have Guinea. Third place, I have Zimbabwe. And fourth place, I have Malawi. So, AJ, do you have a different ranking, or are you in agreement with me on that one? Jack, I have a different ranking than okay. you. Okay. Slightly different. Senegal, last place. No, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding. Now, I, I obviously have to have Senegal in first place. I think they're one of the contenders for this entire tournament. 20th best team in the world, according to FIFA, and it their form and their level of play really justify it. You already mentioned uh, all of the, the good players. I, I am worried about if Sar can play. You mentioned if, if he was healthy. Um, obviously, had to miss a, a couple of games for Watford because of uh, uh, health reasons. So I'm, I'm worried about if he can't play, how much that affects the team. But regardless, even without him, I think they should at least win this group. That's for sure. And I think they'll do it handedly. Second place, I actually have Guinea. And I bet you do too. Yep, yeah, right. Yep, I do. Yep. All right. All right. So no differences there. I, I still think that they will win a game here because when I look at the other two teams, I think that they are at least a half a head better than them. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Third place, I actually have Malawi. Not because I think they're a great team. They only won one World Cup qualifier match, which, you know, isn't that great. But it's just that Zimbabwe is actually a team that doesn't fill me with a, a lot of hope. You said a Malawi for you. When I look at Zimbabwe, outside of some of the big names that you mentioned, not that great, not that inspiring for me. And what really sets the deal for me is the fact that they have just one win in their last 18 games, which, <laughs> yeah, is it, it, not great if you're a Zimbabwe fan. So that's why I have Zimbabwe last, maybe by a very thin margin. Maybe Malawi and Zimbabwe get, both get one point because they draw each other. I don't know. But that's just how I view group b moving on from to group c unless jack you have something else to say about those teams no i i, th I think i think that covers it uh yeah all right well let's move on to group c as i uh mentioned and this has morocco ghana gabon and comoros so starting off with probably one of the favorites to win this tournament or at least be a contender as well as the favorite to win this entire group it would be morocco and Morocco dominated their World Cup qualifier group. They won every match in 2021, which is very, very impressive. But they do need to avenge their 2019 round of 16 exit. When you look at the key players, there's a bunch of talent, including their captain, center back Romain Seiss of Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Premier League. Really good player. Uh, right wing back slash winger slash right back, whatever. He, he, he can do it all as long as he's on the side of the pitch. It's Hakimi from PSG. Uh, striker and uh, Nasiri from Sevilla and goalkeeper. I want to say Bono, but that's definitely not it. Bunu. Uh, I think Bono? it's Yassin Bunu. I think. Bunu? All right. I, because Morocco has a lot of French uh, speakers in it. So ah. I think that's how it would be pronounced. I'm so glad that we have someone who can speak a little bit of French here on this podcast. So <laughs> Bunu of Sevilla, their goalkeeper. Strengths of this Moroccan team. I mean, they're a very, very talented team from front 
to back. They were hugely, hugely dominant in the African World Cup qualifiers. So they have that momentum going into the tournament. And as we've seen from other such tournament runs, it's really important to have that confidence going into the tournament uh, in all of your players in order to do well overall. As I previously mentioned, they have that obvious talent up and down the field. I think Sice is a great leader who can organize the defense well, and they have a lot of that creativity coming from Hakimi. And I think that uh, having Hakimi as your creative output is also um, a pretty good advantage when you look at some of the other teams that are going to be in this group. Weaknesses, they played all their World Cup qualifier games in Morocco for a variety of reasons, some political, some uh, stadium quality reasons. So the question is, can they actually perform under pressure? Can they perform in a high pressure environment that they didn't really get? Because a lot of their games were at home. A lot of their uh, wins in 2021 weren't necessarily the same level of intensity as we're going to see in Cameroon for AFCON. And probably the biggest question, biggest weakness that they might have is a certain uh, Hakim Ziyech is not going to be on this team because he and their head coach, Halil Zodic, had a feud. They had a falling out. And Ziyech is a great playmaker. Yes, he doesn't start every game for Chelsea, but I think literally everyone could say that if you are even on the bench for Chelsea, that means you have to be a great player. And that's the biggest compliment I'm going to give Chelsea this episode. Yeah, let's go. And so without him, like, where's that playmaking going to come from? I have worries about where they'll fare later on in the in the tournament. Next is Ghana. Ghana are not the team that they once were. They haven't won a title since 1982, and even compared to their talents earlier in the decade, they're just simply not the same. They beat South Africa on goals scored to win their World Cup qualifier group, but it was very, very narrow. Key players, defender, Jonathan Mensah, Columbus crew, a pretty good defender, even though he did score an own goal in their friendly against Algeria today, so yikes. Uh, center back Amarty from Leicester City, midfielder Thomas Partey from Arsenal, and then uh, the IU brothers, forwards Andre Ayu Al-Sad, 22 goals that he scored for this country, forwards Jordan Ayu from Crystal Palace, 18 goals. Really gritty, good list of players, and that's one of the strengths, really. I think they have a good amount of game changers in the likes of Thomas Partey, who is on good form, coming from Arsenal, as well as some experienced veterans, such as uh, the IU's. They also have young stars like Suleimana from Ren, Kudus from Ajax, and Isahaku. They're all very, very good. So across the board from age and uh, across the board in terms of quality of players in all positions, pretty good. But the weakness that I can really see is that a few good players don't win tournaments, but just like that amount of game changers won't necessarily win you the tournament. It'll take you far enough but it's just not good enough to reach that next echelon of contender. Next up is Gabon. They missed it in 2019, but they really want to make a dent in this tournament now that they're back. And this is Aubameyang's fifth AFCON. A little uh, fun fact for you. Key players, like I mentioned, Aubameyang of Arsenal. Bit frozen out of the squad right now, not doing so good, so hopefully he can find some form here uh, for uh, Gabon. Uh, other players, forwards, Dennis Buanga of uh, St. Etienne. Midfielder Lamina, Nice. Midfielder Kanga of Red Star Belgrade. Uh, strengths, good court. Uh, Abba, Lamina, Kanga are all very good. Weaknesses, their defense is League 2 level. League 2 level uh, in uh, France. Their best goalkeepers also play in the Democratic Republic, the Congo, and Luxembourg. So not exactly the highest level for their goalkeeping. So 
Defense is a huge issue there. Next up, or I should say lastly, Comoros. It's their first ever AFCON. And a little fun fact for you, Jack, the population is only 850,000 people, but the island country is known for some of the worst political instability, income inequality, and quality of life. So maybe not a fun fact. But uh, key players, defenders, Abdo of uh, Martigu in France. I think that's a league de club. Forwards, uh, uh, Nabo Hain of a Red Star Belgrade. Overall strength of this, uh, of this team, Underdog mentality, no pressure to really perform. It's their first time here. Weaknesses, most of their team is lower French League level. And yeah, final standings, I'll have Morocco. Even without Ziyech, they should still win this group. Ghana, second. They still have good players. I think they'll do good. Gabon are missing some real talent, but I think they'll get third. And Comoros are just happy to be there. Jack, what do you think? Uh, Well... I believe, if if I heard you correctly, I think I have the re- the same order as you in that I have Morocco in first, you know, biggest names in the group, some of the best. Uh, I'll also mention Imran Lauza, who plays for Watford. Uh, you mentioned all the other ones in there that, that I would have mentioned as well. I, I fully expect them to win the group, even without Ziyech there. Uh, Ghana, they've got solid players, and, uh, you know, I, th- I think they can make enough differences to uh, to come second in this group. And Gabon, they've got a few great names in there. Great might be a bit of an overstatement at times uh, with Aubameyang and Mario Lamina, but I'm not sure how far they can really make it. And for Comoros, you mentioned, uh, you know, their defense is League 2 level. Um, I, I'm, uh, I, I hate to break it to you, but it's actually League Catra really uh level which would be league four it's the championnat national de which is the fourth tier of uh of soccer in france so they uh it's some of them are, are from league de yes but a lot of them are even lower than that uh i will say that there is a player who plays in uh the usl which is alexis uh i'm gonna mispronounce this suehi suehi maybe uh, so that that's kind of an exciting one to see as uh, someone who plays for Louisville City uh, playing in AFCON. Kind of a cool thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I have them in last place, unfortunately. Uh, it's their first AFCON. They're they're kind of just happy to be there. Yeah, right. All right. Well, good. We have our first agreement here on uh, our preview. Let's see if we might agree for this next group. I think there might be a chance that we will. This is Group D, Jack. Why don't you take it away with this one? Yeah, well, let's start in the uh, north of Africa and kind of kind of work our way down from there. Let's start with Egypt. Lots of domestic players in the squad, to be sure, but the big names speak for themselves. You've got Trezeguet from Aston Villa. You've got Mohamed Elneny. I'm, I debated whether or not I should call him a big name, but he does play for Arsenal, <laughs> and he's a decent enough player. We, you've got uh, Marmouche, who plays for VFB Stuttgart. And of course, uh, Mohamed Salah for Liverpool. I mean, uh, he he is arguably the biggest name in this tournament uh, as a whole. However, it's not just those abroad players that that are uh, providing the quality. They've got a lot of domestic players who uh, who have a lot of it too. Ahmed Hagazi, of course. Uh, people who who know anything about the Egyptian national team will recognize that name as he's been around for quite some time. Uh, with them he has 73 caps for the country played at the olympics this summer too as one of their overaged player right yeah uh so yeah he he's been a great player for them for years third most cap player for them as well 
And there's two Egyptian players I especially want to highlight from the domestic league, being Ibrahim Adel, who played for Egypt at the Olympics this summer, as well as Ramadan Sobi. Both play for pyramids in Egypt, and they both play very well for that Egyptian club. One, uh, I believe it was Ibrahim Adel who was one of the top goal scorers in the Egyptian league last season. So, uh, you know, Egypt obviously have some weaknesses, especially as they don't have what I'd presume to be the best depth of game changers. Yes, they have Mohamed Salah, but who's going to give Salah the service he needs to be successful? We've, we've seen it at, at Liverpool. He, he does very well because he's surrounded by a lot of players who provide a lot of good passes for him. Like, uh, I, he can create things by himself, but he can't create things entirely by himself. Uh, so that's my big question, and it's been a similar question for Egypt in many international tournaments. They got knocked out in the round of 16 last time around, so they'll be looking to do a little bit better this time for sure. Uh, will Salah be able to do everything? I think he, he sure will try. And moving on down, let's go next to Nigeria. And Egypt is getting a lot of hype in this group because of Mohamed Salah, but Nigeria deserve just as much hype, if not even a little bit more, honestly. Uh, before I get into, into their squad, I think it's important to note some of the omissions Emmanuel Dennis of Watford is a big miss. He's started out strong for Watford this season. Victor Osimhen of Napoli is out with an injury. He's definitely going to be missed. And Leon Balogun of Rangers, who had to be replaced at the last minute as well. Uh, those are some big omissions that could hurt Nigeria a little bit, but, you know, they've still got a lot of great players. Their goalkeepers might not be the biggest names, but they all have quite a bit of experience, and they've got a lot of great defenders. Their captain, William Troost Ekon of Watford, Ola Aina of Torino, Semi Ajayi of West Brom, and Zaidu Sanusi of Porto. All, all of their, their defenders are solid players who play in top leagues in Europe. And uh, their midfield trio promises to be fantastic as well. Alex Awobi, Wilfred Ndidi, and, and Frank Onyeka, who has been killing it for, Bright, or for Brentford, I almost said Brighton there, uh, this season. They're all spectacular players that can do a lot of good work for Nigeria. Even without Osman in the squad, there's some really good players who have a lot of experience. Kalichi Iannaccio, who was really great for Leicester last yeah, season. Yeah. 11 goals and 38 caps he has. Uh, and we know he has a lot of individual quality in him. Also, the they have the golden boot winner from last AFCON, which is Odioni Gallo, who now plays for Al-Shabaab in uh, Saudi Arabia, I believe. Nice. Uh, and finally, there's a player I'm a really big fan of, uh, which is Samuel Chukwesi of Villarreal. He's a really great winner, and I'm really excited to see what he can do in this tournament. I think it'll be interesting to see how Nigeria do uh, and to see how much those exclusions, especially Emmanuel Dennis, uh, will hurt them. Because obviously the other two are for injury reasons, but Emmanuel Dennis is just a, a strange one uh, to admit. So I, I think Nigeria, a really strong squad here. Uh, next, let's go on to Sudan. Uh, Sudan haven't won a game since they qualified for AFCON back in March 2021, nice. which, to be fair, though, was a very impressive 2-0 win over South Africa. I really wish I could, I could look at Sudan and say, wow, these look like contenders. Simply cannot do that. They have a lot of domestic players, and that doesn't mean they don't have talent, but it also means that, unfortunately, there's not a ton of information on these players. I did a lot, I, I did a lot of searching for it, but... The, the Sudanese league doesn't have a ton of accessible information about like statistics on these players, which, but from what I can tell the three players who are going to be the most important 
are Mohammed Ab- Abdel Rahman, who has seven goals and 19 caps, and he's from Al Hilal. Uh, you've got, I'm going to butcher these names, uh, Walildin Keder from Al Hilal. Uh, he's got 18 caps, as well as their most cap player, which is goalkeeper Ali Abu Ashrain. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see what they can do, but given the other teams in this group, I can't help but feel they're destined for last in it. Uh, cool story to get here, though, beating South Africa on the final day to qualify. Definitely had a nice story, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm not fully convinced by by them in this tournament. Uh, then we've got Guinea-Bissau, uh, who have a very decent squad on paper with a lot of players coming from the Portuguese League. However, they've had some problems recently. They haven't won a game since September, and they haven't scored a goal in four games, conceding eight in the process. Their last win came against, funnily enough, Sudan in September, a 4-2 win in World Cup qualifying that helped them secure second in that group, uh, which means they don't actually move on to anything, but they'll be happy to see they'll be facing Sudan once again. Uh, Some solid players to highlight, Nanu, a fullback who plays for Porto. Uh, they've got some good forwards. Troy's, uh, Troy's is, I'm going to, I, I, it's French, but I'm going to mess it up anyway. Uh, Mama Balde and New York's Joseph Mendez. They also called up generic brand Jorginho. That's kind of, that's kind of <laughs> rude, but I, I had to throw in, throw in that. I saw that and I was like, what? And, but no, he's from Wisla Plok in Poland. Uh, they, they can make a difference. I'm sure but they also aren't benefited from being in such a tough group. Uh, It also doesn't help that Guinea-Bissau finished last in their group last time around, only taking one point. So I really think it's going to be between Guinea-Bissau and Sudan to see who's going to make uh, third place in this group. But finally, I've got my overall ranking of these teams. And you said said we we might agree. I, I don't know, because in first place, I have Nigeria. I have oh, Nigeria wow. in first place, which, you know, given the emissions might be a bit of a strange one. And I have Egypt in second, which, you know, I, I think they'll still do fine and get out of the group. I have Guinea-Bissau in third, and I've got Sudan in fourth. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to be interested to hear how you have them ranked and if you were able to find anything on uh, Sudan's players. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I've got on that. group. Yeah, I mean, I... I- you're right. We we don't have the same the same rankings there because I have Egypt first. Okay. Okay. And I, I I didn't really find much about Sudan. Like I I did find stuff. Nothing too notable though. Uh, so I guess I'll start from the bottom up just to uh, make it a little bit more uh, eventful. I have Sudan last, and listen to this justification. Didn't know too much about the players, but I do know that they fired their head coach right after a terrible showing in the Arab Cup. Yep. Not too great. Hosted their, the first AFCON in 1957, Jack. I thought that was a very interesting, fun fact. Uh, and I don't think that they're going to do well in this AFCON. So <laughs> uh, third place, I should say now, Guinea-Bissau is my uh, third place team. Not too much to say about that. I think you covered it great. But going on to the top two teams that I think, uh, I, I honestly don't know uh, why you picked Nigeria over Egypt, considering that Nigeria just fired Gurnat's Roar pretty much on the eve of the tournaments, just right before the tournament. And even if he is not a great manager, wasn't a great manager, didn't get the most out of this Nigerian team, uh, it's a bit wild to think that Nigeria, as a you know federation, 
is that I guess uh quick to fire a manager like you'd, you'd think that they would just let uh the tournament play out but a little bit of mismanagement in the behind the scenes uh bad news is what you what causes that uh I, I think their defense is a little bit suspect and even their key players aren't enough to save a little bit of off the field mismanagement to say the least egypt i think this team has taken a step back I think when you look at 2019, that team, I wouldn't say is markedly worse than this team. Uh, Salah, of course, is the, the headliner. But as you mentioned before, I, I don't know if the if the depth of game changers is really there to be uh, a contender at the highest echelon, at the highest platform. So I think Egypt are definitely a contender. I think they're going to win this group because of how talented this group, this uh, group of players are. But I still have huge question marks about the quality of of team, considering that they are pretty good surrounding the the years surrounding the World Cup in 2018. But since then, I don't think, unlike other teams, they've taken a lot of strides forward. So my final standings, like I said, Egypt, Nigeria, uh, Guinea-Bissau, and then Sudan last. Jack, okay, any objections okay. to uh, uh, any of that? I mean, here's the thing. You know, uh, Nigeria has a few players from Watford there. And Watford players are used to playing uh, without managers and with a lot of managerial <laughs> yeah. changes. And, you know, they're, ca they're captains from Watford as well. So, you know what? He might be able to guide them through that. You know, he, he, they, they've had, what, like 17 managers in five years or something? I don't yeah, something crazy like yeah. that. Yeah, they, 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 they fire managers, like, without question uh, when things go wrong. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, think, I think that they could, they could do fine. All right, all right. I mean, I think they'll do fine, too. I just don't think they'll do fine enough to win this group over a very talented Egypt. But hey, Jack, when Nigeria gets last place, I'll say I don't think that I think they they there's a chance they don't get first, but I think there's almost no chance they get last. Now, what do you mean? Sudan is a powerhouse and they're going to win. Nah, anything's possible, especially in AFCON. So we'll see. But yes, I agree that. Those two are definitely the front runners of this group. And this next group also has, I think, two out and out front runners. I'm talking about Group E. And this has who I think are one of, if not the standout favorites of this entire tournament, and that would be Algeria. So the most recent winners, that's Algeria. The winners of the Arab Cup as well in 2020. They're also on the cusp of breaking the longest undefeated streak in international football. Italy recently set the pace at 37 games undefeated. Algeria are now at 34 after uh, winning their recent friendly just today. So that's pretty insane for them. And when you look at their strengths and key players, pretty much all of their team are you know key players. A lot of them play in Europe. A lot of them have such talent, such experience, especially at this tournament. Uh, we can look at right back Aisa Mandi of Villarreal, Left back, uh, Ben Sebaini of Mönchengladbach, a defender, Yusuf Atal from Nice. I, I think that's going to be a pretty key player to look out for. Uh, one of their key key players that would probably walk into most of these teams at Afcon is uh, Benacer of Milan. Pretty good player for them, and especially performs pretty well for Algeria. Uh, Slimani forward for Lyon, uh, Mares Manchester City. 
yes, he's not necessarily an out-and-out star for Manchester City, but he always performs for Algeria. He's still one of uh, the best players at this entire tournament, and he is going to be one of the biggest game-changers that a team could ask for, and he's probably going to uh, lead this team to uh, the later stages of this tournament as he has before. Another forward, uh, Uanas, I want to say. Unis, Napoli. Jack, do you have any uh, insight on how to pronounce that one? Um, I, I, think, I think it's Unis. Uh, Uan, I have no clue. And finally, uh, winger Saeed Benrama of West Ham United. I, I think Benrama, obviously, one of my favorite players for West Ham. And I think that you know this is going to be a pretty good tournament for him. And I hope he does well. Uh, you know, just as an individual strengths of this team we got the momentum we have the amazing players and probably the x factor for me is experience not only have they won two tournaments in the past two years with afcon and the arab cup but they also have a lot of the same players from that 2019 win still on this team today in fact their head coach probably could start uh, a starting 11 that is pretty like close to that uh, that final starting 11 for that tournament. So we have that co- continuity that allows them to have a good amount of chemistry and a good team cohesion, which is really, really key when you go into these tournaments. You want to have that continuity. You don't want to change everything wholesale or else you might have an off tournament. And without that, I think they'll have a pretty on tournament. Weaknesses, I'll say pressure because they have a lot of pressure on them, but given how good this team is, given how you know, much they can trust each other, how, how much they've gone through together, I think they'll be fine. So uh, next up, and I forgot to mention the team names uh, for the other teams in this group, Ivory Coast, Sierra Leone, and Equatorial Guinea are left. Ivory Coast missed out on the World Cup for the second time in a row this time. It's a good team, but a far cry from the days of the likes of Didier Drogba. Key players, and there are you know still... It's still a strong side, to say the least. You have defender Serge Aurier from Villarreal, Eric Bailey, defender of Manchester United, midfielder Frank Kessie. I've always been pretty high on him for AC Milan, midfielder Maxwell Cornet for Burnley, forward Nicholas Pepe for Arsenal. Uh, probably uh, two of their game changers in attack. We have Wilfried Zaha for Crystal Palace, and one of my uh, favorite players right now because he played for West Ham, Sebastian Allaire for Ajax. I think those are going to be the real game changers. And the strengths here are that it's still a great list of individual players. You have players who by themselves can change games and they have changed games for their respective clubs, whether it be Zaha or Alaire or the like. However, the weaknesses, and I think it's a really big one, their head coach, uh, Patrice uh, Bommel, has not gone the most out of this team as shown in probably their lackluster World Cup qualifying showing. Again, they have not qualified again. Tactically, this team is not cohesive despite the talents, despite Zaha, Alaire, Kessie, Bailey, like all these uh, players who should be good and are good individually. Together, they just don't really click. And I think that's going to be a huge weakness for an otherwise talented team that has shown talent in this tournament and in the World Cup before. Third is Sierra Leone. It's their first AFCON in 26 years but they have never gotten past the group stage. Key players, there's a few, but they're not exactly names to really write home about. We have striker Kai Kamara, who is a Minnesota United legend. 
uh, but now plays for the Finnish league in for HIJK. He's their more experienced striker, probably one of the more experienced players on this entire team. And yet he is not, I would say, to the talent of the other teams in this group. Defender Osman Akakov of QPR and midfielder Kwame Ui from of Vikingur Reykjavik from Iceland. Strengths are, and I've been saying this for all the teams that don't really have too much going for them in terms of hopes to qualify further, but it is, you know, a fun team. I think Kai Kamara is a very experienced striker. He's done it all for this club and he's or for this international team and done it all for the clubs that he has played for. The weaknesses, uh, many are domestic. So even though you have a, a lot of talented, experienced players like Kamara, you still have a lot of players who play in the Sierra Leone League or in some cases are completely unattached or free agents. That doesn't really help their case at all. Uh, Equatorial Guinea is the last team I'll talk about. Surprisingly, only two t- points away from tying Tunisia in their World Cup qualifying group. Key players, midfielder Jose Manchin of Monza and forwards Emilio Nisou, who is our top active goal scorer, who's playing for this team right now, uh, but he's unattached, uh, completely a free agent, which doesn't really bode well for their chances. Strengths, the players may be at a lower level, but from what I've seen, they're at least consistent at that level, so they might have confidence and uh, the momentum in terms of goal scoring ability going into this uh, tournament. Weaknesses, lack of experience in defense, which certainly doesn't help their case at all, considering that they're going against two very good teams. Uh, in which case, I'll talk about that, those teams. Algeria and Ivory Coast are going to be my top two teams uh, in that order in terms of the final sayings of this group. Equatorial Guinea, uh, I'll have as my third team because I think that, you know, I, I think they'll be able to create something out of, uh, you know, th- their, their talent be it what it may be for Sierra Leone. I just don't think that they have the talents nor the, the, the playing time, considering that some of their depth is unattached to really carry on in this tournament. Jack, do you have any disagreements for uh Ruby? Uh, no, I have the exact same rankings, you know, oh, wow. uh, Algeria, they won it last year. They still look very strong. Uh, you mentioned pretty much all the players I was going to mention. I believe Ben Asser as well uh, was the, young player of the tournament last time around so i do want to yeah i I think so yeah so you know that that's that's pretty that's pretty good that that uh he's gonna be there so i i mean and of course ben rama and mares great players i will say i'm sad that andy delore is not playing for them because i really like him uh he's a great striker um i'm guessing he's injured right now and that's probably why he's not been called up but uh yeah that uh, that's that's all i have to say about algeria ivory coast uh, you said most of it, but I want to give some justice to their names because you you uh, <laughs> you you kind of you kind of butchered quite a few. It's uh, yeah, I, I just ran through it right away. Eric Bailly, uh, Maxwell oh, right. Cornet, uh, I should not Cornet. <laughs> I also want to mention uh, Willie Bully, who's uh, who's a, a pretty good defender. Right, uh, right. Sangare, who's also very good. Ibrahim Sangare, who's from PSV. Uh, great in the midfield. You, you've also got Jeremy Boga, who looks to be on his way to Atalanta, which I'm a big fan of that because he's been great for Sassuolo. Um, and uh, Kessier, of course, uh, is one of the best players in this tournament, arguably. Uh, he, he is a fantastic midfielder. 
There's a reason why AC Milan do so well in Serie A, and it's because most of their play goes through him. Uh, Ivory Coast is a stacked team with bad management, and that, that's, that's the main problem they have. Uh, Equatorial Guinea, I have them in third place as well. Uh, you know, oh, I, I did actually want to mention one other thing about uh, Ivory Coast, and that they have one of the youngest players in the tournament, which is Kareem Kanate right. at 17, and he plays for a club with a sick name, ASEC Mimosas. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I, I love it. Um, but yeah, uh, that, but mo- moving on to Equatorial Guinea, they, they've got some good players, a lot of players playing in Spain, uh, some for Alaves, Cadiz. Uh, so they, they get like regular playing time and they've got a really experienced midfield core that has played quite a bit together. So that that's good to see as well. Uh, up top, they've got some good players, uh, but Overall, they're just a little bit better than Sierra Leone, I think. Sierra Leone has some experienced players in there, but a lot of these players are getting their first caps ever. Uh, you know, uh, so they're, there's go- they're going to be dealing with a little bit of inexperience, but uh, mostly my, my notes for this, and I'll read it verbatim, uh, Kai Kamara Supremacy still <laughs> finishing last, though. Uh, that, yeah, that's, yeah. that's my notes for Sierra Leone. Uh, that that's about it. And yeah, so another agreement in terms of in terms of groups. There. So now that we've gotten to that, let's go to the final group in AFCON, which is group F, unless you had anything else to add about group E. Uh nope, other than I apologize for getting those names <laughs> wrong. Uh and thank you, Jack, for uh being more of a linguistics expert than me. So thank you, it, Jack. It's mo- and- it's mostly French. That's the only reason yeah. why. Uh, well, I've got all it. that colonization really paid off for yep. us, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so on to Group F, we're going to start out with Tunisia, and they've been a solid squad for the past few years. They were runners up in the FIFA Arab Cup, and they were fourth place last AFCON. Uh, I really wouldn't be surprised to see Tunisia make another impressive run. They've only lost once in their past seven games and only blanked in two of those games. Got a lot of solid players, but one of their big ones is Wabi Kazari, who has 22 goals and 65 caps, almost one every three three games. Not too bad for them. Uh, Saint Saint Etienne man has the potential to do really big things for Tunisia. Clermont Saif Adin Kawi, I probably got that wrong. Uh, and Cologne's Elias Shakiri will also be great in the midfield for the North African side. Their defenders may not be the biggest names in the world, but they have a lot of players who have played together a lot for their country. And, you know, when when you're uh, looking for a defense that can win championships, that sort of chemistry can't really be matched. So that that's real. That's a really big strength for them. Uh, I think it's a big reason why they've been so solid, like uh, their their defense for uh, just has a ton of, of players with a lot of caps together. So uh, a lot of players the same age as well who are coming through to the national side. So really good for them. Uh, They've also only conceded two goals in their last seven games. I honestly think that they might be a solid contender for winning the whole thing. Maybe maybe not as big as like the other names, but definitely uh, someone or a team to keep your eyes on if you're watching this tournament with intent. Uh, Next, going down to just a little bit uh, to Mali. Mali has quite a few solid players in their squad and should do well after their last edition of AFCON saw them make it only to the round of 16. 
they do have a relatively new goalkeeper, but he did decently in the UCL, even if his side didn't show up. That's Diawara from Malmo. Uh, they also have some awesome midfield options. Their second most capped player is Adama M. Traore. And I say Adama M. Traore because there's Adama N. Traore in the team as well. Right, uh, yeah. Of Sheriff Tiraspol, uh, who really stood out in the UCL this past season for that goal against Real Madrid that won them, uh, or didn't win the game, but was influential in them winning that game. Uh, there's also Musa Jenepo of Southampton, Amadou Haidara from RB Leipzig, and Diadi Samaseku of Hoffenheim. Uh, the, those three all have 21 caps each, and they should do quite a bit of work in midfield, but the big player for Mali is Yves Basuma, who has been regarded as one of the best defensive midfielders, number six, whatever you want to call him, in the Premier League for quite some time. Uh, and for some time, I mean the past two seasons or so. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I think he's going to hold down the midfield for Mali and really help them in this group. Their forward line in defense, again, maybe not the biggest names, solid enough. Uh, they also have a really young forward, Ibrahima Kone, uh, Kone. He's 22, but he has eight goals and only six caps. So if he can keep that sort of form up, they're going to do really well at this tournament. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that form is sustainable for him, but still, it, it's, a, it's a fun stat to, to think about and definitely shows that they have the potential to do some big things in this tournament. Next, we go on to AFCON debutants Gambia. Uh, this is the Gambia's first time at AFCON, and they've done really well to get here. They have some really decent players in their squad. Ibrima Kali of Spezia, Musa Barrow of Bologna, and Suleiman, Suleiman Mare of Ghent, of Ghent, Gent, Hent, however you say that. It's weird <laughs> that that's the part I, I'm, I'm struggling to pronounce. Uh, but I also think you should keep an eye out for Asan Sise of FC Zurich their top goal scorer in the squad with 11 goals and 23 caps, almost a goal every other game. The Gambia did well in AFCON qualification to get to this point, including beating Congo, Gabon, and Angola. Did well to make it to AFCON, but I'm not sure how they'll do in the tournament, given they struggled to beat Burundi, who aren't great uh, in, yeah. in terms of like team or FIFA ranking, and actually lost to Mali in uh, recent history. They also lost to Tunisia in October. So I'm not sure how they'll do. I have a sneaking suspicion this is going to come down to the game between Mauritania and Gambia for third place. I do want to mention for Mauritania, their captain, Abdul Ba, who plays for Al-Ali uh, Tripoli. He's their most capped player and will probably be pretty important for their success. Their best chance at goals probably comes from Adama Ba, who has six in 40 caps. Not a great goal scoring record, uh, which is why I feel like last place is probably... Mauritania's destiny in this AFCON uh maybe, maybe it's just because I want Gambia to do well uh but I I I my overall ranking I've got Tunisia in first you know they, they've been really good in recent history Mali in second Gambia in third and Mauritania in fourth AJ do you have a, the same ranking or do you have something different Jack that is I think our third agreement okay wow now I have the exact same rankings. Tunisia, I'm not as high on them as you are. Okay. Just because I don't really like their head coach. They didn't do well in the Arab Cup uh, because of some of his management decisions. I think they only got to the semifinal. No, they got, got to the finals. Yeah, they made it to the final. They, lost, they only lost an extra time. 
yes. However, I would argue that Tunisia should be shooting higher for that I, than that. Fair enough. I think that as a whole, this this team should be one of the out and out contenders for AFCON, especially now. But their head coach, Monter uh, Kabayer, just is doesn't always get the best results. We've seen that in Eric Cup. We've seen that in some in the World Cup qualifying and other friendlies. I think as a whole, they've definitely regressed as a team, tactics and talent wise. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they make a respectable run in this tournament, but it's nothing compared to some of the other uh, higher level teams. They always do well as underdogs, though, and I think they will really use that as a a pinboard material or whatever you call it to uh, spice things up in this tournament. Molly, uh, from Bird's Eye View, they won their World Cup qualifying group, which is not nothing considering that many people don't really con- consider Mali to be uh, a real African powerhouse, as, at least the people who uh, aren't as well-versed with African football. So to see that, I think that they'll do pretty fine in this tournament. Uh, Gambia, pretty fun fact here, before their head coach uh, Tom Asaint-Viet took over, they hadn't won a competitive game in five years, and the transformation getting them to their debut uh, AFCON is really, really impressive. And just from the for the Cinderella uh, aesthetics of it, I just want them to do well. And Mauritania, Mauritania, I, I think you covered it perfectly. It's it is what it is, and that's why I have them last and uh, the other three where they are. So Jack, now that we've covered all the groups, we're gonna go over some uh, the contenders of specific things. Shouldn't take as long, but I do want to go over the qualified teams that we'll have going on to the round of sixteen. Because uh, the way this tournament works, which is having you know the, the top two teams advance and then third place have a chance to qualify uh, for the next round, it really kind of muddies up how each team will face the next team depending on uh, who finishes where. So I don't want to necessarily go through the entire bracket, but I do want to hear, Jack, your round of 16 teams. And I'll start first. Uh, my auto qualifiers, uh, the, the two top two group finishers in each group first uh, i have cameroon we have cape verde senegal guinea morocco ghana egypt nigeria algeria ivory coast tunisia and mali and the four third place teams that will qualify they'll make up uh the 16 that will go on to the next round i have gambia gabon burkina faso and equatorial guinea they, I think, are the best teams uh, for the third place team. It's not necessarily who I think has the best chance to get the most points in the group because it's kind of hard to really predict that. But just on talent alone, I think for my third place teams, those are the best teams uh, remaining. So, Jack, do you have your auto qualified and third place teams uh, ready to go? Yes. So from Group A, auto qualifying, I have Cameroon and Burkina Faso. From Group B, I've got Senegal and uh, Guinea. From Group C, I've got Morocco and Ghana. From Group D, I've got Nigeria and Egypt. From Group E, I have Algeria and Ivory Coast. And from Group F, I have Tunisia and Mali. And then for the third place teams to make it, I have Cape Verde from Group A. I have Gabon from Group C. I have Guinea-Bissau from Group D, and Gambia from Group F. That, that's, uh, 
I, I, I'm, I'm not really sure how much, uh, how much rationale I can give you for the third place teams to make it. Uh, but you know, that, that's, that, that's what I would go for, for, for the other ones, because my third place teams in the other two groups, I had, uh, Zimbabwe in group B and from group E, I have equatorial Guinea in, uh, third place. I feel like, uh, the other teams are a bit stronger uh than than those ones that that's that's my take on it at least all right so we actually had i I believe if i'm remembering correctly we have the exact same like teams that'll qualify except for equatorial guinea and guinea bissau so that's the only difference pretty good well jack let's talk about the contenders that will win this why don't you walk me through who you uh think are in that like level of team that can win this tournament and who do you think is going to win who is that team that you think will be lifting that trophy in about a month's time yeah well i've got i've got like four slash five contenders uh the the one that's kind of on the on the the brink of it is tunisia uh you know i i i i'm like you said i'm a lot higher on them than you are but i i think they're a very solid squad they got fourth place last time around uh i'm not i'm not sure i don't know enough about tunisia to tell you if they've progressed or regressed since last time around but they they did decently at the fifa arab cup and you know i i think i think they could do well enough uh to justify being considered maybe a contender uh maybe they're more of a dark horse than anything but uh i i have them on there and then uh the main contenders i i've got morocco algeria senegal and you might hate me for this one, but Nigeria. I have Nigeria up there. I know they just fired their coach. I know they did. But I, I really think Nigeria's squad is super solid and can definitely compete with the best of them. Uh, but out, out of these four, uh, I think the final that I would love to see would be Senegal versus Algeria. Uh, I'm not sure if that will work out that way because of the bracket, but my pick for winning the whole thing is Senegal. Yes, I yes, I might have some bias in there, but I, I still think that they are on paper, at least the best team at this tournament. I, I think they have great players. You know, they, they've got they've got a lot of I mean, I mean like every, every single part of their team has just solid players who are arguably some of the best in the world in that position. So I, I think that that really helps them out and makes them. You know, I, I, I feel like they are the favorites to win this entire thing. And rightfully so, I'd say. My question is, and I think a, a lot of people would ask this question, is that where, where would you have Egypt falling in terms of this? Because, you know, when people think about contenders, Egypt is also pretty high up there, maybe even making the final in some people's brackets. So do you have them in the semifinal, quarterfinal? Like, where, where uh, are they? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. We'll get to that in a little okay. bit. Okay. Just, all right, all right. Just trust, just trust. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, I'm excited. Well, going over some of my contenders, I, I, I debated the likes of Cameroon, Tunisia, Ivory Coast, Nigeria, and Ghana as being potential like contenders, but for a variety of reasons, whether it be their manager being fired or their managers not being that good or their players, uh, the talent level of the player pool taking a step back, I, I, I think they have kind of dipped in talent compared to years past so that's why i'm not going to really think about them as contenders the three actual contenders 
I have for AFCON 2021 or 2022, whatever you want. Uh, third, I would have Egypt. I think they're the third best team. Just not as good as the years surrounding the 2018 World Cup. They lost to Tunisia in the semifinals of the Arab Cup. They're relying on Salah with a bunch of you know relatively good domestic players, but still they are domestic players, not playing at the highest level. And they're missing some players I think would really s- help support them, like uh, Afsha and Tarek Hamed, which are key players historically for them. Overall, I look at the player pool for Egypt, and I don't think it's as good as, say, the other two teams, Senegal and Algeria. And so that's why I have them at third. Still really good, and they have one of the best, if not the best player on form right now in the world. So I don't know. I, I, I think they'll still be somewhere up there, but not as up there as Senegal and Algeria. Senegal have second. Great players. I think they'll do really, really good. However, the one thing that I, I guess we didn't really mention was the fact that they're probably going through some COVID issues right now. Uh, I, I know Mendy did not get COVID and some of their key players didn't get COVID, but it did throw a wrench into their preparations, which might affect them in the long term, especially if they just so happen to have to you know, isolate some players or maybe even forfeit a match that might drop them down to second place in the group and that might mess up the bracket for them. We'll see. So that's why I'm not as high uh, on them as maybe you are just because of the fact that we don't know the extent of their COVID outbreak. And, you know, to be fair, COVID is still a thing, right? So it could affect <laughs> any team. So for all we know, Algeria, Senegal, and Egypt, and Tunisia could all just be destroyed because of COVID running through their team. And the, te- the players have to isolate, and suddenly the likes of, I don't know, Gabon make it to the final. But Algeria, <laughs> I have a- as my main contender, because I think they have all the pieces necessary. They've been here before. The players have also literally been here before. So I think when we're talking about just favorites on paper, I think that they are out and out the best team. Plus, I want Ben Rahman to win because I think that'd be pretty cool. Wow. So uh, that's why I have as my contender. Wow. Uh, how how uh, fitting that we both pick the team that we're supporting to win the entire thing. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Curious how uh, that works. <laughs> but Jack, let's let's shake things up. Maybe maybe this isn't team we're necessarily supporting. Who is your dark horse team for this tournament? Dark horse team? Uh, I have Ivory Coast because okay, I think the manager issues make them seem like they're not a contender, which is kind of fair. You know, that he's not done the best for them. But honestly, they have a very good squad with a lot of great players in it. And I think they can compete with the best of them. It's all about is the manager actually going to get it right or not? Uh, if if he's able to get it right miraculously, then they they I could I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a semifinal, you know, uh, may, maybe even a final if they get lucky. But you know they've got a solid squad. It's literally just the coaching that's holding them back a little bit. Uh, so I and you know I I know coaching can hold teams back, but I still think Ivory Coast has a solid chance to make it decently far in the tournament. All right. All right. So if you if you had to give them a, a round that they'll exit, what round would that be? You said maybe a final, maybe semifinal, maybe quarterfinal. I'd say more realistically quarterfinal uh, exit. Okay. But I, I feel like people are like, oh, they won't get past the round of 16. I think right. they'll I think they'll make it past that. And there's a there's a chance of them making it into a semifinal. I, I don't think that they're among the top two teams in the tournament. So uh, but like you said, uh, with 
arguably the understatement of the year. COVID is a thing. So, uh, you know, who, who knows what could happen? Yeah. And, and uh, the way that we define Dark Horse team, right, is like how the Dark Horse is the team that performs the most above expectations. So as you said, Ivory Coast, people are like really underrating them. Maybe if they go to the quarterfinal, that is a pretty uh, good exceeding of expectation performance from them. For me personally, when I look at a Dark Horse team, I'm going with Cape Verde from Group okay, A. Okay, solid, solid one. You don't see such a talented style of counterattacking from such a small nation. And to see such a small nation, such a small player pool, uh, get the most out of what they have, I think that's really, really impressive. And given the lack of stars on this team, you'd expect, at best, a round of 16 exit. But I think a team with this level of cohesion, with such good coaching, they've made the quarterfinals before. I think they could really do it again, especially with all of the random variables like COVID, like maybe teams not being the best, maybe managers not having the best day, and suddenly you have a, a team has an off day, and suddenly they sneak in. I think if it's one team that could do that, could be like a random team that you see in the quarterfinals, maybe in the semifinals, but I'm going to say quarterfinals. It's Cape Verde, and I think that I, I would love that because that, that'd be such a good story, and I think that they are poised to maybe do a run like that. So on the flip side of that, the most disappointing team, the way that I guess is colloquially it's defined as it's the team that has the highest expectations, but then it's the team that has the most terrible, terrible performances relative to those expectations. So Jack... I know you maybe have alluded to it before when I asked you a certain question about where Egypt is, but who is your most disappointing team contender for this tournament? Yeah, and this this is going to make some people mad. I know for a fact it's going to Egypt. Egypt wow. Egypt is my my pick for most disappointing team. I think a lot of people are picking them to be one of the contenders. But I think there'll be a bit of a disappointment. I feel like people who aren't who don't pay attention to African football at all are like, oh, Salah's on the team and think that's enough. Like, oh, he's one of the best players in the world. A good player and some of the best in the world can only carry a team so much. I think you're underrating. And I, we no, mentioned no, this, I, the, I know. The other I, team. No, I know the rest of the team is fine. I know they're but I feel like people are forgetting this team is very similar to the one in 2019. And they got eliminated in the round of 16. Yeah. Like, I, yes, they are decent players. I'm not, I'm not under, I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, the rest of their, their squad is, like, dog water or something like that. I'm not saying, I'm not <laughs> saying that. I, I just think that people are rating them too highly because they think Salah, and then they're like, oh, he can do everything. But I just simply don't think that's the case all the time. And I think people are forgetting that a team is a little bit more than just their star players. They're, the players around him are still good, but I feel like, you know, it, it's, it's still, it, it, I feel like they're going to underperform given all the hype around them. All right. And where would you have them uh, exit this tournament? Honestly, I think round of 16 or quarterfinals. I think those would both be seen as disappointments because some people are like, oh, they'll easily make it to the semifinals or, they 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 are, they have a real chance of making it to the final. Uh, I I I don't think they're as good as everyone thinks uh, they might be. 
which might right. which might be a bit unfair, but I I still think that they're getting way too way too overhyped. I I think in my mind I think it is a little unfair, and I'm also not that high in on Egypt. I I definitely agree. I even said it that. I don't think 2019 is a markedly worse squad compared to 2022. So I'm I'm not too uh, excited about their chances. I still think that this is still on paper a semifinal quarterfinal team. So I, I wouldn't say that they're not going to at least meet the bare minimum expectations like maybe you are alluding to. So my, my uh, most disappointing team... Egypt like actually was up there for me because like uh they they've shown that they could exit really early, but I still think they're teams that are just a little bit worse in Egypt in terms of expectation versus what I think will actually happen in reality. One of them being Nigeria. I'm sorry. That's fair. No, that's fair as well. And it, it's not just because they fired their manager. It's everything else that comes with that as a byproduct. Yeah, they have really good players. Iacho is one of the, uh, the the better players in terms of the striking force in this tournament. However, I just don't think that you can really, really do well in a tournament while also having to learn how an, a manager, you know, manages a team or even like leads a team in general. I think that that lack of continuity really hurt the team when you have like that lack of leadership uh, present. We've seen it with Spain when they fired their head coach right before the 2018 World Cup. Like expectations should definitely go down uh, if that happens. And I think that Nigeria were one of the favorites until that happened, even with a bad manager. I wouldn't say favorites, but like still up there to finish maybe quarterfinals, maybe semi, maybe round of 16 if it goes badly. But now with Nigeria firing their manager without that real cohesion, I would probably expect a round of 16 exit. No offense to uh, our Nigerian fans that are out there. Uh, another most disappointing team, I think Nigeria takes the cake, but Morocco, Ziyech is a hard commodity to not have. That's guaranteed playmaking ability that you're going to be missing. I still think Morocco is going to be like overall fine, but with Ziyech, I would maybe say that they're on level with the likes of Egypt, Senegal, uh, maybe the likes of Algeria on a good day. But without Ziyech, I think they're at least half a level to a full level below those teams. Jack, any, any opinion on Morocco or or Nigeria? No, I I could I could see both of those being disappointing compared to expectations. Uh, yeah, I I I think they're I think they're both fair picks for for that as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I I think those are all the team based. Yeah. Accolades yeah. or non-accolades, opposite of accolades, whatever those are. Uh, but we have one more to cover, which is Golden Boot predictions. Yes, yes. Which uh I don't know how many you have, but I have three players that I think could get golden boot in this. I I have three too, but I have one where I'm definitely that's the one I'm backing. Okay. So yeah. I, I if I I can go ahead and say it. Well, when I'm, I, I thought about this for a long time. I, I really went big brain with this. Okay. And I also went big brain uh, for my Euro Golden Boot uh, prediction. And we see how that went. I uh, picked Harry Kane. and that, Yeah, that uh, didn't work out for you. That didn't happen. I think you also picked Harry Kane. I did, yeah. It didn't work okay. out for me either. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, when I look at Golden Boot winners, 
I, I really look towards teams that will make it the furthest in the tournament that only have one or two main scoring options. For example, in 2019, the top goal scorer was Odion Ikalo of Nigeria. They made it to the semifinals, and he was the only Nigerian to score multiple goals in that tournament. When you look at some of the contenders, uh, Sadio Mane, uh, Salah, maybe Mahrez, well, for Egypt, I think they have taken a step back. You've mentioned in your preview who's going to like give, give him the ball and give him the delivery he needs to do well. So I think they've taken a step back. Algeria, as I have alluded to with my uh, prediction from them, I think they have maybe too many scoring options to have only one player be that golden boot winner. So that's why I'm going with Sadio Mane, Senegal. I think that he's going to be the real, the real battering ram for Senegal when it comes to winning games. He is currently the most active, uh, highest active goal scorer for Senegal right now. And I see him as being the main option for this team, a team that I think will go far in this tournament. I had them as the second, second highest team for a reason. So that's why I have him. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets maybe a four to five goal uh, tournament and that be enough to win the golden boot for for him. Jack, who do you have as your golden boot winner? Yeah, well, I I, I went with a, I, I thought of a few others. I, I said Salah's obviously a, a automatic contender for golden boot. Given his form in the Premier League, he's a good player, but you covered it. How much service is he actually going to get? And is he going to be able to do the same things that he's able to do for Liverpool? Given, you know, say say what you want about Egypt's players, but I think it's safe to say that they're not on the same level as all of Liverpool's players. Yeah. Well, yes, I, yes. I, I think I don't think that's as controversial of a statement right there. So that that's that's the big question. I uh, I also said Ben Rama potentially a sleeper pick for the Golden Boot. You know. Uh, yeah. I, he. I. I. Let me explain myself. He's a, the Algeria is a solid team and I can see them scoring like a lot of goals in their group stage matches as well, uh, especially against like Sierra Leone and Equatorial Guinea. Yeah. I could definitely see them racking up a few goals in there uh, and even Ivory Coast potentially as, as well. So uh, I, I think Algeria is going to score a lot of goals and Ben Rama's on good form. So I, I think that it's not it's not a bad choice to to back him. But sure. I eventually went with Sadio Mane as well. I, 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 uh, I, come on. Senegal is my pick to make, to not only make it to the final, but to win the tournament. And so I think he's obviously a contender for the golden boot. And he's got one of the most stacked teams in the entire tournament. If Mane uh, gets the service and I think he will, he should score quite a few. And you know, he was on bad form and that, that was almost going to affect my, my decision. But then he broke his 10, 10 game scoreless streak against Chelsea. And uh, looked, apart from the first 10 seconds of the match, like a pretty decent player on the pitch. So, uh, you know, that I, I think that I, I think Mane could do big things for that for for Senegal this tournament. So uh, that that's my ultimate pick for uh, Golden Boot. But I wouldn't be surprised like if Egypt makes it to a semifinal, then I wouldn't be surprised if Salah's up there uh, because I have a feeling if Egypt do make it far in the tournament. It will be because of Salah. So yeah, that, not a hot take at all. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that that's the main question. If Egypt make it further, and if I thought they made it further, Salah would have been my pick. But since I think they might get eliminated pretty early on, 
I, I have I have them lower down on that. So that that that's my overall take for Golden Boot winner. All right. All right. Well, Jack, that is AFCON wrapped up. We talked about the groups. We talked about the contenders, some of the accolades, the non accolades and the Golden Boot winner. Anything else to say about AFCON before we wrap things up here? I mean, it's going to be an exciting tournament. So, uh, yes. you know, make sure if if you're able to uh, to catch some of the games, make sure you do try and do so uh, just because, you know, they, they deserve to they deserve to get so, uh, some some viewership and, you know, uh, some appreciation for all of this, because too often we talked about this in our news episode from earlier this week. AFCON gets disrespected a lot. Maybe that's because it's in the middle of a season. Maybe it's uh, because of Eurocentrism. But, you know, if, if you're if you if you like soccer, I urge you to watch it. You know, wh- even if you you only catch a few games here and there, it, it's yeah. it's on level with with the Euros on level with uh the copa america you know and and uh gold cup oh any kind of tournament it's the same kind of thing so you don't want to miss it because some of these players are the best in are the are some of the best in the world in their positions so uh give it some respect and uh watch it <laughs> yeah definitely I mean, uh, some uh, some of the best players do play in afcon uh i, I would say africa produces a lot of world-class players that are going to be on showcase here this tournament's going to be on bn in america as well as i believe fubo tv uh and all of that has all of all this tournament on it so definitely go watch it jack let's wrap things up here by talking about where people can uh, follow us and find us on. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is at Final Third Show. Instagram is Final Third Show as well. Uh, we're using some new graphic design uh, yeah. on, on those pages and uh, tweeting a lot more because, you know, we, we've escaped from finals period and we can <laughs> and we have a little bit of free time until school starts back up again for us. Uh, keep an eye out on there. You're, you're not going to want to want to, uh, miss it because we've got a lot of exciting episodes coming up. Uh, yeah. not to spoil anything, but definitely want to, going to want to follow on there so you can stay up to date on any, everything on anything and everything that we're doing in the future. Yeah. Also, uh, go on our website, finalthirdshow.com and in case you want a, a hub for all of our episodes to go look at. Also, follow us and give us a rating on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Tell a friend about the show. Tell your dad about the show. I'm sure he would love to hear about AFCON. We'll see you guys on Monday for a a special uh, news and predictions episode. And we'll see you guys same time, same place for the next Deep Dive episode. See ya. Bye for now.